Welcome to Theology Thursday, an ecumenical space for students to discuss matters of faith and theology. I'm your host, Carter Grubbs. I am your co-host, Ryan Mock. And I'm your co-co-host, Johnny Grubbs. Nice. Hey, we're here. <laughs> it's 2021. We're off to a great start. Uh... Here's the thing, episode 100 live recording is coming up soon, we're going to have a live event, there's going to be dinners, there's going to be t-shirts, like this beautiful t-shirt I'm wearing right now, for 15 bucks it can all be yours. Now, I would like to say, if you're in the area and you want to swing by this event and you don't get tickets, the deadline is January 15th, which is the day after this episode is being released, it's Friday, so you, you literally should get your tickets, like, right now. now. Right now. If you're listening to this, you should get your tickets now. But if you're listening to this like on Saturday and you already missed the deadline, and you're going to be in the area and you want to come, you can come for free, but I'm going to warn you, it's not going to be as cool because you're not going to get food, Ooh. you're not going to get a t-shirt, and there is no guarantee your answer that you will get to ask a question. Um, I may share, if you come and you didn't pay, I might share a little bit of my meal. Yeah, that's so good of you, Ron. I'm not doing that. Maybe, maybe if I'm know. feeling if I'm feeling I don't nice. No, it's pretty good biscuits and gravy. Well, I'll eat off of Ryan's plate. <laughs> That's what you're paying for. That's the experience. Um, no, but it is going to be fun. We're going to get to kind of take a trip down memory lane, look at uh, what we've done so far with Theology Thursday, and then kind of uh, uh, just celebrate. That's our first episode with a live audience. Kind of cool. A hundred episodes. That's an accomplishment, gentlemen. We've been at it for like two, like I don't know, maybe three years now or something. Yeah, something um, like that. Good times. <laughs> there is Patreon. There's like three different tiers. You can be a $5, $10, or a $15 a month Patreon. They all have different benefits. Um, and, uh, well, I should say some of them have the same benefits, but each one has like one extra. So like if you're tier one, it's $5 a month, then you get the after show, Ooh. which is pretty fun. Uh, we just released the first episode last week, so that's kind of cool. We got that going now. If you're tier two, you're going to get the after show on a monthly podcast. It's an entirely new podcast called Worship Wednesdays, where we analyze the lyrics of worship songs. And then tier three, you're going to get that, access to both of those, but also you are going to get access to our merch. So you're going to get a t-shirt sent to your door. And anytime we release a new design, we release any sort of merch, whether it's a hat, a cup, whatever, it's going to be sent right to your door if you are a tier three ongoing like Patreon. Will it be hand delivered by us? No, <laughs> that I cannot. Is that, that maybe that's for the next? That's tier gonna up. be tier four whenever we add that. Um, that's gonna have to be a lot of money to pay for our airfare. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, yeah, that's you know that's a thing we're doing. So that's fun. You guys got some sub points? Yeah, yeah. Ryan, yeah, why don't yeah. you go first? So we we love we love Florida. We love Pinellas County. Yeah, we, we have do. we have some great people. Who uh, who live uh, in Florida? Uh, there's actually a meme about it called the Florida Man, uh, this mystical man who just does crazy things, uh, and so we 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 cherish that. Um, but as we know, one of the events that occurred last week, uh, just at the beginning of 2021, was the uh, the storming of the Capitol building on January 6th. Yeah, this actually like happened like right after we finished recording we, we last finished, week's episode. We were just about to finish our last week's episode, the after show, and then Johnny's like, oh my gosh, turn on the TV. I got a <laughs> notification, and I'm like, 
what? And we all three sat here uh, and we were like, it was wild. By the way, by the way, I think, I think we witnessed history last week. I think people will be talking about that moment 50 years, 100 years from now. Anyways, there's, there's now an icon, an icon, an iconic photo uh, from that event of a man carrying away uh, a lectern, a, 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 a podium, basically. I believe Nancy Pelosi's lecture. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've probably seen it online. Well, anyways, that man, he lives in Florida. Uh, and he, uh, uh, just on Monday, he was arrested and he was thrown into the, uh, the Pinellas County uh, jail. And uh, his name, I mean, his, it's on the news, I'll, I'll share his name. His name is Adam Johnson. Uh, and he's, he's 36. He's, uh, he doesn't live in Pinellas County, but they arrested him in Pinellas County. He's a resident of Manatee County. And uh, they they arrested him, uh, and so I said they, they arrested him on Monday, but they actually released him from jail on Monday, released him out on bond for $25,000. Uh, so uh, he's out right now. Uh, his court date is actually January 19th in Washington, D.C., so the day before uh, the inauguration day. Wow. And so that he will have to, he will have to go to Washington, D.C. for his court. Uh, his court hearing. Uh, well, he seems to like going to D.C. So yeah, he likes. He has. Yeah, he really likes D.C. I love this comment uh, in the Tampa Bay Times. There's an article about it, uh, and um, one of his lawyers. This comment was made in the article here. I just love this. His, I believe one of his attorneys, his name, his last name's Eckhart. So I'll reference him. Speaking with reporters after the hearing, Eckhart acknowledged that the widely seen image of his client inside the Capitol is problematic for the defense. <laughs> Quote, I don't know how else to explain that, but yeah, that would be a problem, Eckerd said. <laughs> I'm not a magician, and neither is Mr. Bigney. We've got a photograph of our client and what appears to be inside the federal building, inside the Capitol, with government property. So, yeah, his defense is not looking too good. This picture you've probably seen is circulate all over the internet him committing this crime so i would i'd be very interested to see how if he gets away with it at all uh with this this very incriminating photo online with him stealing the lectern and i i do think it's kind of comical that that you know all of this is online and and a lot of the the rioters that were there were bragging about it online and taking pictures and taking videos uh it's it's comical that they would shoot themselves in the foot like this so, anyways. Where is the lectern right now? That's what I wanted to know. <laughs> <laughs> like, like the lectern. It's now a sacred object <laughs> being passed around <laughs> underground. In Pinellas County. <laughs> Maybe it is. I, I, I said that this yeah. lectern could be in, in the state still. We're, we're yeah. going gonna to speak from it at our 100th episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> Adam Johnson will be there. Uh, so, anyway. We just gained a bunch of FBI listeners. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to use any stolen objects. And I don't, if you're the FBI, I don't think Patreon. Adam Johnson's going to be there, but he could walk in. The doors will be open. So, anyway. He's out on bail. So. <laughs> uh, uh, ticket deadline is uh, the 15th, Adam. So, here we go. <laughs> Johnny, what's your sub point? Um, so, are you familiar with the term speed running? Yes. <laughs> ah, this is. But explain it. Okay, we so may know, but the audience speed running is when you take a video game, right, and you try to complete it 
as fast as you can. And there's different levels of speed running, right? There's like 100% where you complete all the side quests in a game, you do everything in the game as fast as you can. The most popular form of a speed run is an any percent speed run, which means that it doesn't really matter how much of the game you complete as long as you complete the main narrative story. You, you get to the end. You get the to the end boss and you defeat that boss or you complete the last task in the video game, <clears throat> right? So there's very po one of the most popular forms of speedrunning is of course Minecraft speedrunning. Okay, hmm. familiar with Minecraft? Yeah, it's a little known on you know indie game Minecraft. Become <laughs> <laughs> pretty big. If you're not familiar with Minecraft, it's your blocky man building blocky things and collecting blocks of things. Yes, it's it's a very good game. Um, highly recommend it. <laughs> so there is a guy uh, who is a YouTuber named Dream. I've heard of this. Okay, man. you've heard of this man. Yes. He, he does a lot of Minecraft videos. Some of his most popular ones are like manhunt videos where he'll have like four people or five people hunting him down while he tries to beat Minecraft and their goal is to kill him before he kills the Ender Dragon, which is like the last thing in the game. Well, he submitted in October of 2020. It's kind of old news, except he, he kind of resurrected it because he tweeted about it recently. Um, on October of 2020, he live-streamed a speedrun of Minecraft and submitted it to a major speedrunning website, speedrun.com. So he's trying to make that official. Right. Yeah. He was awarded fifth place for the record. On December 11th, 2020, following a two-month investigation, speedrun.com shared a 14-minute video and report analyzing six archived live streams of speedrunning sessions by Dream from around the time of the record, and they concluded that the game had been modified to make a chance of obtaining certain items needed to complete the game higher than normal. So he cheated. Well, that was the claim, right? But Dream denied the accusations and responded with a commissioned report. Now, this is my favorite part of this. The commissioned report was written by an anonymous statistician who claimed to be an astrophysicist. An astrophysicist. <clears throat> so apparently he hired an unnamed astrophysicist to explain why he did not cheat. Wow. He must be very confident about this then. He, he, yeah. So, however, many uh, gaming outlets, like gaming news outlets, including Speedrun.com and, and esports outfits said, the report did not exonerate him. And at most suggested it was not impossible that he was lucky. And then the moderation team at speedrun.com have stood by their ruling. And then in a tweet, Dream indicated that he would accept the decision without admitting fault. And then recently he tweeted uh, something about how he has got to quit hating, but it didn't cheat. So he still stands by the fact that he didn't cheat, but he accepts that they're not going to accept that. And um, it's just been a big controversy. Do and you his, think he cheated? His fandom is divided. I, <clears throat> um, I don't know. I have no idea. I've, I've actually heard about this. Um, I, I think he probably cheated. I um, The probability is that he did because of the, the, the low probability of all of the things aligning the way that they did. Yeah. However, um, it's not statistically impossible. It's just improbable. Yes. So, you know, the probability says he cheated. But, who knows? I can't wait. You know, one day maybe, we, maybe we'll be able to find out I'm going to ask Jesus, because he knows all things. When I get to heaven, I'm like, listen, the dream cheat or not? <laughs> um, 
So I hope that's not your first question. <laughs> it's not my first uh, question. <laughs> I hope there's speed running in heaven. I hope there is too. Alrighty, well. Oh. What's your sub point? My sub point. Speed Are you guys familiar points. with the preacher Jeremiah Johnson? Well, recently author. I am because yeah, recently. I saw something about it. <laughs> okay, so you, you may know where this familiar. is going. Well, he is a, he's not one I would expect you to be super familiar with because he's more of the Pentecostal prophetic yeah. movement of teachers. I think I've heard his name before. Um, it, yes, and he is one of the more popular ones of that movement. Uh, now, he's not one of those who goes on you know, TV asking you to pay him millions of dollars for his holy water or making outlandish predictions. However, he did predict that Trump would win this election. Ooh. As a prophet. Yeah, as a prophet. Yeah. Cringe. So that happened, and uh, and then obviously his his prophecy, I should say, rather than prediction, his, his false prophecy uh, didn't come to pass. Are you sure about that? Uh, well... <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> let's not talk about that right now. <laughs> regardless, with things going the way they are, he came out and he said that he uh, was apologizing for doing this, and that he repented of it, and that he really wanted to step into uh, this year being more dedicated to the Word of God and and really sharpening his theology and 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 not abusing. Um, the idea of the gift of prophecy, yeah. and not only that, he he like openly repented of um, not supporting Trump, but acting like he was God's man. Right. You know. Right. Right. So he he all of this he kind of he recanted and he he said he was wrong. Now look, I'm not I I can't judge how sincere any of that was, but my hope and my prayer is that he genuinely is. Uh, going back to the scripture and and strengthening his theology and, and becoming uh, more sound. You know, a lot of time people talk about prophecy as being a uh, uh, about the future, and uh, I personally would argue that prophecy is about God's truth. Um, so really, anytime somebody's sharing God's truth, somebody's sharing his word, that that is prophecy, and it's not always in fact more often than not it's not referring to the future um so it's kind of interesting because we get into these these bad definitions of prophecy so i hope i hope he's he's getting a better understanding of that regardless he apologized well how much more do you know about this because well i, I was about to, to okay. get to the next part um he received thousands and thousands of emails yeah, um, and messages where he was getting cussed out, where he was getting death fret, threats, where he was being told that he was demon-possessed, that he was a servant of Satan. All of these messages coming from... Threatening his kids? Yeah, threatening his entire family. Um, all of these messages, every single one of them coming from somebody who claimed to be a Christian, uh, saying that he had he had denied the true faith. You know? now, now, mind you... Nobody was questioning whether he was a false prophet or under the suppression of the enemy when he was making prophecies about who would win the election. Mm -hmm. But now that the results have come in and he's recanted that and repented and said he's, he's striving to better his, his doctrine, uh, now he's receiving the death threats. Um, so I, I think that this uh, 
reveals something rather problematic uh, about uh, the state of the church right now. And again, it's not like this is like to fly in the face of like people who may have voted for Trump with their noses held or whatever, but like his whole point is these people really have put their political candidate above Christ. Right. It's clear in that behavior. Yeah. Right? Because they're not willing to act in a way that's kind, that is full of compassion or character, respectfully disagree with him. They are they are being antithetical to the way of Christ towards right. him because Trump or whoever, he, you know, whatever political pundit at the time, they put on the, and we know who it is now, but Trump's up here and then Jesus is second. It's right. clear in that behavior. Right. And that's what I think that reveals. I'm not saying that everyone who voted for Trump behaves like this. Right. But I am saying that it should be concerning to Christians that there were literally hundreds and hundreds of Christians who did respond like that. Yeah, and I mean, I would even, I'm not going to say that all of them are not saved, but it, it reveals that maybe there's a lot of people who are c cultural Christians at the moment that yeah. culturally identify as Christians that may not be. Yeah, because unfortunately... People don't ever get this passionate or stand this strongly against, you know, bad doctrine, but they do when somebody comes against their, their man that they've chosen, you know. A okay. little concerning, and we're going to get into that a little bit more today. So, time to transition to our main topic. We actually have two questions, uh, and the first one, actually, we have three questions today. There's really? one that I did not tell you about. Oh, a surprise question. Yeah. These first two come from the same person, our good friend David Grave. The first one... Is a hot dog a sandwich? Okay? Oh, he has been, no. He has been sending me this question for a long time now, and I keep not answering it, and I'm... So, I, we're going to do it, okay? We accept all questions. Is a hot dog a sandwich? I looked up the Webster de definition, and it said that a sandwich had filling between two pieces of bread. A bun is connected, so therefore it is one piece of bread. Therefore, a hot dog is not a sandwich. So then, at that point, if because you know sometimes they detach, right? So the right, moment yes. it detaches, does it just become a sandwich? Right. If you I have a so. low quality hot dog bun, or you just choose to rip it apart and then put it on top, now it is a sandwich. But as long as that bun's connected, no, the hot dog is not a sandwich. What are the theological <laughs> implications? Very simple to put it into a sandwich. I, I watched a video essay on this very question before, and it was a long time ago, so I can't remember really what the conclusion was. Um, I mean, I'm just going by the Webster Dictionary definition of a sandwich. It is etymologically speaking. And, and here's at the, the moment, I, I would like to say, like my initial answer was, yeah, I think a hot dog's a sandwich. But if you look at that definition, between two pieces of bread. So then, here's a question. Okay, this is where we're getting like really into the weeds here. So you cut one piece of bread in half. It's still the same piece of bread. Mm. So technically, Have the fillings are still between two interconnected pieces of bread. Okay, so you could me, make that argument. Let me well. ask a further question. You know, that, that, because <laughs> I'm not even sure if that definition is satisfying. If I take a pizza and I split the pizza in half and put it on top of each other, would that be a sandwich? Because it's I filling inside of it's two. It's a sandwich. That's weird, though. And so you, that definition, you'd have to take it to its logical conclusion, I think. you know, I think a lot of things would be considered a sandwich that traditionally you would not expect to be a sandwich. 
So, I, as I say many times, I'm agnostic on this issue. <laughs> hey, so, so here's what I want to say. Are there any theological applications? Not really, but... Uh, I think this can show us where uh, so many different interpretations of different passages of Scripture come from because people can even take a given definition of a word and go different directions with it Ooh. Uh, based on perhaps bias or even just their understanding. Yeah, I was going to make a similar connection there. Words are important. Words are important. You know what else is important? Answering Better questions than that. Thank you, David. Oh, uh, I think that was a great question. <laughs> no, it was a great question. It was we great. want to hear your thoughts. Is a hot dog a sandwich? We're gonna we're gonna have you vote on the Instagram. We'll come back next week and let you know what people say. All right. David also asked what our thoughts were on tattoos, because in Leviticus it's, it mentions not to mark your body, but today a lot of Christians have tattoos. So he wanted to hear our thoughts on the matter. And I can tell you right off the bat that Ryan hates tattoos and thinks <laughs> that people who have tattoos are headed straight for hell. Right. If I believed that, I would be going to hell. Because <gasps> I, I have a tattoo. <gasps> um, oh, no. Who's the heretic now? <laughs> uh, now, my now friends. the turntables have turned. <laughs> now, my friends... My friends, if you want to know what Ryan's tattoo is, you're going to have to subscribe to our Patreon uh, and listen to the after show. Because in the after show, he will just explain what his tattoo is. But yes. for now, all and the how information got it. you get is that he has a tattoo. Yes. So that's and, and, and that's even tier one. Five dollars a month. You can know what tattoo Ryan has. <laughs> <laughs> small by the way, you'll get an after show every week. That's not the only episode you get. Five dollars, you get to hear what's on my chest. Oh, so now we know where the tattoo is. Yes. So, anyways, I do have a tattoo. Um, and th th this is a question that I had to ask myself before I got a tattoo. Is like, um, is it wrong to get a tattoo? Because there's this verse. This verse is actually Leviticus 19, uh, uh, in verse 28. It says... You shall not make any cuts on your body for the dead or tattoo yourselves. I am the Lord. And that is Leviticus 19.28 if you want to look it up yourself. And so many people, if you go online and you just type in, is getting a tattoo a sin, this is the verse that will pop up. Uh, and this is the argument that people will give. There's another argument that I'll also bring up later. But this is the argument that people will bring to say, hey, you cannot get a tattoo. Uh, having a tattoo is a sin. Now, we already know, I don't think getting a tattoo is a sin. So how do we reconcile this verse, this command, with uh, the, the ink that's on, that's on my body? The reality is we have to, we have to understand uh, who this verse is for and why it was written. Uh, we know this is in Leviticus. We know that there's many laws in Leviticus that we don't follow today. Uh, there are there are laws in, the, in in Leviticus that say you can't wear mixed fibers, and I don't know what exactly my sweater is made out of, but I'm sure it's not a 100. percent I don't know. It could be a blend. Yeah, my jeans are made out of three different types of fabric. Exactly. So that's that poses an issue. There are other commands that say, hey, you can't eat shellfish. Um, yet I love uh, seafood. I like I like shrimp. I like all sorts of seafood. Uh, there are certain animals you can't eat in Leviticus. Uh, I love pork. 
that poses a problem. So there are many laws that we see in Leviticus that God has for the people of Israel that we don't follow today. And there's a reason. Uh, there's different kinds of laws. Actually, there are three different kinds of laws that most scholars recognize in the Bible. There are ceremonial laws, there are civil laws, and there are moral laws. The ceremonial laws that we find in the Bible are laws that have to do with, uh, with the sacrifices that you see. Uh, we know that, that the Israelites many times... Sorry, that many times the Israelites had to make sacrifices uh, to atone for their sins. And we see that all throughout the Old Testament. Uh, but we don't have to make sacrifices today. Uh, even though that law was in the Old Testament, that no longer applies to us. And why is that? It's because Jesus fulfilled those uh, in being the ultimate sacrifice for us. And all those sacrifices we see in the Old Testament point forward to Jesus and the sacrifice he would make. So we're not under those laws. There are other laws. There are the moral laws. Moral laws are laws that you would find that say, you shall not murder, right? Murder is wrong. It's a moral issue. We see, also see those in the Old Testament. Now today, we, we are still under those laws. We, we are still, we're not allowed to murder. Murder is still wrong. Um, so we're still under that. But then you get to civil laws, which is the final category of laws you find in the Old Testament. And these are the laws that guide and govern the nation of Israel. Like, what happens if somebody steals something from you? If somebody steals your donkey, uh, how, how, does, how is justice administered in that society? Uh, this is also where you'd find laws like this. Like, you shall not have tattoos. There's a very particular reason why Jesus gave this, not Jesus, but God gave this specific command. And it was to separate the nation of Israel from other nations surrounding them. That's really, when we look at the Old Testament, that was one of God's primary purposes for Israel, is to make Israel different than the surrounding nations. The other nations that, that worshipped different gods, they, they were polytheistic. They worshipped the sun god and the moon god. They did not worship the, uh, the god of, of Israel. And so God wanted to make Israel different, look different, and act different uh, from the other nations. And one of the things that these other nations did was they got tattoos, and they got markings on their bodies, and they wrote stuff on their bodies, and they painted their bodies. Actually, when we look at the, the original language, um, for tattoo in Hebrew, it could also refer to just merely painting your body. And what the other nations did with these is they'd mark their bodies, they'd get tattoos uh, in order to uh, memorialize, to honor, uh, to worship their specific gods, and also to honor their dead. That is the reason why those other nations did those things. And so God, in making this command, he was saying, that's not how you worship me. Uh, and by doing that, you are associating yourself with pagan religion. So that is why you should not do that. Now we know in civil laws of, of Israel, we don't have to follow those today. And there's a very simple reason. We're not the nation of Israel. I live in America. Uh, so I, I'm not bound by those, by those laws. Uh, neither would I say those laws are, are binding for people who live in Israel today. This, these laws, these civil laws, are specifically for the nation of Israel that we saw thousands of years ago. And so, today, people get tattoos for many different reasons. 
they get tattoos maybe because it reminds them of something or maybe uh, it's uh, it, they think it looks cool it's it's an art form I think I think tattoos look really cool uh, and they could have specific meaning to, to a specific person uh, so people don't get tattoos today I mean I'm sure there are people out there who get tattoos to worship gods um, but that is a fringe group of people that is definitely not the majority uh, most people get tattoos because it looks cool and so by me getting into tattoo um, I'm not associating with pagan religion uh, culture changes and so that would be the case as to why I say this verse does not apply to us well yeah and it's interesting because you talk about the ceremonial law uh, and how it sets Israel apart from other cultures. Well, one of the things that Israel had to do to set themselves apart from other cultures that was part of that law was to be circumcised. That was the thing that set them apart that mm -hmm. they had to do, and then getting tattoos was something they had to not do to set them <laughs> apart, right? Yes. And there are, while there's not a verse in the New Testament that says it's okay to have tattoos, there are lots of verses in the New Testament that say you don't have to be circumcised to be saved. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, Paul makes it very clear that we that we need to stop requiring that particular gamut of laws as requirement for salvation. Right. Yeah. Right. And and they addressed circumcision the most because that was the one that was the biggest problem in the church at the time that people were having the most debate over. But it really was that whole category. Yeah. Because he ends up using just the term law, and obviously he's not throwing out the whole thing. So once you contextualize, it was Galatians, right? Is the circumcision book? Oh yes, Galatians yeah. does talk about circumcision. So that was the one where he he really makes this comparison with the law and how the law was meant to guide us to Christ and all these kinds of things. And um, he's addressing this issue of people putting those um, you know ceremonial and civil laws um, above. There's another argument that I would like to bring up uh, that people often use to say you should not get a tattoo and you've probably heard it before they will tell you your body is a temple and so you should not mark your body uh, and when people say that you know your body is a temple they're actually are they are referencing a, a bible verse they're referencing first corinthians uh chapter six uh verse 19 or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God. You are not your own. You were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. So people will look at it and say, hey, your body's a temple, so you shouldn't, you shouldn't mark your body. Now, that argument also doesn't work. And the reason why is because uh, you have to look at the verse in its context. And the context is in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, that Paul was writing to the Corinthians, and he was specifically referring to sexual immorality. And I'll, I'll just quickly read verses 16 uh, through 20 uh, to give you the, the better context. He says, Or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For as it is written, the two will become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. And then verse 19, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. 
So that's the context of the verse. Paul is specifically talking about sexual immorality. You shall not commit the, that sin, sexual immorality, because your body's a temple. He's not talking about tattoos. So I, that, that, that argument, I don't believe, is valid. Well, your arguments for tattoos not being sinful are just lame. Because the best argument for tattoos being okay is that God has tattoos. What? All right. Revelation, so, right? No, no, no. This is uh, actually in Isaiah. Now, if um, you're familiar with the, the prophets in Isaiah, and, uh, you know, the prophets in, in were completely, uh, they were awesome, but they were disturbed people because they were constantly like, had this tension that God really had as well of, I love Israel, but you're being stupid, right? And so God even goes back and forth uh, in the book saying, this is what I'm going to have to do if you don't repent, but I love you and I will redeem you. And in that, some, some of the prophecies about Christ come because it's like, you're hopeless, but I will send the Redeemer, Christ. Isaiah had, was full of uh, things about Jesus. And in one of his moments uh, where God is speaking about his love and how ultimately that's going to win out, he says, Zion says, this is Isaiah 49, verse 14. It says, Zion says, the Lord has abandoned me. The Lord has forgotten me. But can a woman forget her nursing child or lack compassion for the child of her womb? Even if they would forget, I will not forget. Look, I have inscribed you on the palm of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. If you look at the original word for inscribed, uh, it is absolutely explicitly a tattoo. Now, of course, he's speaking hyperbole and metaphor and comparing, uh, but he's saying, but the hyperbole that God chooses in this moment is, I have, you're tattooed on my body. <laughs> like, 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 I've got you. Like, I'm never going to forget you. I have you permanently uh, before me. And so... Um, you know, obviously it's not completely inherently evil for God to use it to describe his love for us. Mm -hmm. Use tattoos to literally describe right. his love for God, us. God wouldn't use something uh, inherently sinful. Right. You know. So uh, you, you can't argue that it's inherently, that tattoos are evil in and of themselves. Um, yeah. So. Cool. Cool. Any other thoughts on that? No, well, with subpoints and everything, this actually ran longer than I expected. So this is going to be it for this episode. We have a very juicy question <laughs> next time we get together. But the following episode we will be recording is our uh, our our hundredth uh, episode. One hundred. The, the other day I said a hundred year anniversary when I was talking to Johnny because <laughs> I have another event coming up that's like a two year anniversary for this ministry I started, but then. We have the 100th episode, and I got the two mixed up. So we've been doing Theology Thursday for 100 years. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, uh, but we're super excited about it. you got to get your tickets, like, right now. So go do that. I love you. Make good choices. Remember who you are. Oh, and if you want to know what Ryan's tattoo is, you're going to have to uh, subscribe to our Patreon. So uh, go check that out. Ryan? Yeah, yeet. <laughs>